Well, thank you, Jeremy Casella, for that wonderful play-in. Love that, brother. Thanks for lending us that song. Go check out Indelible Grace, Jeremy Casella. Uh, that is where we got that playing track from. I don't mention that enough, but we put it in our show notes. It's like the only thing in the show notes. So uh, hopefully that's <laughs> enough to just give you yeah. that. That And he's got an album out. You need to go check that out as well. Um, and uh, we are very thankful for that playing. Be thou my great... Uh, be... Wow. Guide me, oh... <laughs> You know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about Be Thou My Vision. We sang it on exactly. Sunday. Oh, man. That's my other... I mean, if we could do another one, <clears throat> Jeremy Casella, this is my personal request to you. If you wouldn't mind putting together Be Thou My Vision, that would be amazing. Although, actually, I don't want him to touch that tune. The tune is amazing, as it is. Okay, we good. do not need revision of, of Be Thou My Vision. What we need I is... I always feel like it's overdone. I was, uh, I was listening to contemporary Christian music during the Celtic worship revival. Ooh. And it died for me. I just can't listen to Be Thou My Vision anymore. Bro. Really? See, I just slaughtered it. On Sunday, I was uh, singing next to, uh, uh, you know, a whole bunch of people, obviously. But one of the one of the voices next to me was Welsh. And, uh, you know, I had a bit of a bit of a twang. <laughs> it sound better. Oh, man. I was just like, wow. That's, that, that song just makes me want to pick up a sword, <clears throat> you know, spiritually speaking, of course, and uh, go and fight a battle. <laughs> you know it's just awesome um but uh anyways we um we don't have that song we've got guide me <laughs> or thou guide great me. jehovah which is uh what do you think of the original tune love it love it yeah i mean it's good like if you want to it just I thought about putting it in the front of the podcast. It was just like the, the old tune was not working at all because yeah. it usually it sort of works when you're there in real life, but not when you're listening to it on any kind. Yeah, of... I guess for me, it's like I always I'm always picturing myself in the congregation mm -hmm. and I'm hearing other people singing the parts, and yeah. it just feels like it's all coming together in unity. It's pretty powerful. That so, it's like a marching yeah, song. So not for entertainment purposes, but just for the feel, what it feels like when you're with people in church. The two tunes, the two tunes have uh, completely different feels, though, don't they? You know, the one's like this marching stampede and the other one is, uh, you know, the one we, we play in with, it's sort of uh, very contemplative and yeah, yeah, but uh, <clears throat> both have their place. They both work. So, yeah, man. So what are you going to be doing with the coronavirus, bro? Like if uh, I will, the prime minister has just announced no groups bigger than 500 and the next cut might be no groups bigger than 50. What's well, um, I, uh, you know what? I'm going <laughs> to, this is actually a really, a re well, I'm, I hope we get to self-isolate a little bit. That'd be amazing. <laughs> but it's kind of interesting that you bring that up, Nick, because uh, we're dealing with Basil of Caesarea, the song, at least the long rules, not the song rules. And um, and it's all about not so self-isolating. <laughs> this is what it's all about. <laughs> How ironic. It's so ironic. We did not, we did not plan this. Um but it's so funny because the whole thing with Basil, right? I don't know what you know about him. Um, but he's basically this super, super intense sort of founder of the monastic order. Uh, the difference being, if you know, working off the li life of St. Anthony and the Desert Fathers, uh, yeah. his whole big thing there was... The one Cinematic. problem with that is we don't yeah. we don't like the fact that they're solitary. You know, we, we <clears> must be living <throat> right. in community. And so no self-isolation, you know? <laughs> <laughs> which yeah, is kind exactly. of funny yeah and that's really his whole jam you know i mean obviously you got arianism um he is it was a big foe of arianism 
Um, yeah, he was a contemporary with Athanasius. Yep. Athanasius even defended him. That's right. Because he, uh, he defended consubstantiality. That yes. Jesus is not homoousios, not homoousios or something. Yes, yes, yes. yes. One, one or the other. I can't remember which one now. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and the other thing is just thinking about, okay, so obviously Athanasius, uh, Trinity, we've kind of covered that ground already in previous episodes. But the other thing that's actually, I just, while you were talking, I, I remember, you know, he, uh, this, this, the long rules and the short rules of uh, Basil provide something of a foundation to the rule of Benedict. And, um, and you've got, that's coming back in vogue big time with the Benedictine option and, you know, whatever that book is yeah. called. And uh, with, with a kind of, um, you know, trying to bring in some neo-monasticism and, and that sort of thing. And, um, and so this is all background to that. And that's hyper-communal. Again, you're, yeah. you're sort of retreating and Basil, One of Basil's biggest emphases was that, you know, you don't just get stick in, sit in a room and fast and pray. You, you should be working yeah. as part of your life. And so he he brought work back into it as well. Hard work ethic, yeah, totally. Yeah, um, it's so interesting because, you know, you had, I mean, it, you could fault all of these, these things, right? All these avenues that 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 they went down. But historically, we look back on it now, and you see how God made use of it all in quite profound ways. In in you yeah. know, you think of the isolation stuff, and a lot of even just the monks. Um, the way they were used to preserve with the scribal skills, they were preserving exactly. all the manuscripts. Um, and what's interesting about this, I was reading, um, I think it was actually in uh, Niebuhr's Christ and Culture. He was just saying like the irony of uh, of guys like Basil and, you know, they, they, although Basil perhaps is not the best example because he did kind of care about social work and all of that, but maybe the, the more withdrawn sort of monk movements, uh, the irony there is that though they did not care in any way for social transformation, in the end, they were far more successful um, in social transformation than those who actually attempted it and, and, and got obliterated with the culture. Um, and the, how that worked was, and it seems to have repeated itself, you know, that it's sort of this uh, ironic result that even though, you know, you almost get two birds with one stone if you retreat from culture sometimes, uh, in that you provide a training ground for the future leaders of the church, that sort of thing. Um, and and uh, it doesn't always work like this, but sometimes sometimes uh, you you actually bring about quite a lot of cultural transformation. But yeah. it seems like the, guy, the guys that just aim for the tr cultural transformation end up just um, almost losing the, the necessary withdrawal to give them the power for their trans uh, transformation to begin yeah. with. Um, so interesting little and play pe there. People are attracted to the zeal. I mean, even just yeah. with Gloria Vale <clears throat> in our own context, mm. people are enchanted <clears throat> and entranced with these, this group of people who are willing to go the whole hog, you know, live the holy life, focus on the family as it were, yeah. and try and live out the commands of Christ in a literal fashion. Yeah. And that's appealing to a lot of people who are feeling themselves frustrated as they are constantly negotiating that a level of compromise with the surrounding culture. Yeah. So, yeah. In fact, that's what did uh, Niebuhr call that? The duplication principle. Um, he was just saying, you know, that's the credibility angle. Like Tertullian and those guys, they were just basically, listen, what the Bible says, we reduplicate in our lives. That's our credibility. So it means if the world is evil, we withdraw. And, uh, you know, we will live, live as, a, you know, as a, a literal sort of withdrawal from the world. And, um, yeah. and people are fascinated, as you say. It's, it's, it gives a sense of credibility to it. Problem is, of course, that, uh, you know, you can't withdraw from yourself. 
you know, the world is in you and, you know, there's going to hit a, a termination point there, which you just can't help. So it's not the answer, I don't think. And then there's the high priestly prayer of Christ that says, you know, I pray that you do not take them out of the world. So there's mm. that, you know, as if we needed more. But exactly. anyway, so you've got guys like Basil obviously <clears throat> kicking against a lot of what he saw was uh, a major excess in the solitary monastic movement. And um, and wanting to bring more of a, a moderation. What people comment on often uh, with this sort of thing is that really it ended up looking like things that all Christians are meant to do anyway, um, rather than something that was extreme and and um, reserved for the elect. You know, a few in the desert kind of thing. Um, and so I think from from all the little snippets I've read, it, it almost uh, reminds me a little of Thomas A. Kemis's uh, Imitation of Christ. Um, you know, you have that kind of vibe where you just basically... John Wesley's favorite book. Yeah, and you can see why. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a command to, you know, uh, exhortation to really follow Christ. I mean, it's it's moralism without the gospel, but if you're seeing it in light yeah. of the gospel and in response to the gospel, I think, uh, you know, there's some powerful bits uh, in, in those books and these book, uh, and this uh, snippet as well. Anyway, so we had a little bit of trouble tracking down... Um, I'm, I'm again reading from this kind of uh, version in uh, Tony Lane's book uh, that's been translated afresh. But um, usually we're get, getting the um, next reading from the Anti-Nicene Fathers Collection. Couldn't find it in that one this time. Not in there. So yeah. you might have to scour the interwebs for this one. Uh, Basil of Caesarea, The Long Rules is what we're looking at, and it's question seven. It's fairly um, shortish, so it's just the question and the answer. So I will go ahead and just read it all, and we can just, um, I mean, just make a few comments. That's what people are waiting for. They need those comments. Oh and, yes. And uh, they can't, they can't go on in life without them. So we're going to help them out. <laughs> all right. Question seven <clears throat> in this greater long rules. I think there are fifty-five questions. He wrote the long rules and the short rules. The long rules, fifty-five questions and answers. The short rules sounds like the long rules actually, but three hundred and thirteen questions. So. I don't know how that works exactly, but anyway, uh, question seven. Shorter answers, maybe. Yeah, Yeah. shorter answers, exactly. Um, All right. Since your words, this is the question, since your words, in answer to question six, have convicted us that it is dangerous to live in company with those who hold the commandments of God in light regard, we consider it logical to inquire whether one who retires from society should live in solitude or with brethren who are of the same mind and who have set before themselves the same goal, that is, the devout life. So they're kind of exactly what we were talking about. They're dealing with the issue of the solo monastic life or the communal monastic life. Uh, His reply, I consider that life passed in company with a number of persons in the same habitation is more advantageous in many respects. My reasons are, first, that no one of us is self-sufficient as regards corporeal necessities, but we require one another's aid in supplying our needs. Again, apart from this consideration, the doctrine of the charity of Christ does not permit the individual to be concerned solely with his own private interests. Charity, says the apostle, seeketh not her own. And that's a quote from 1 Corinthians 13.5. <clears throat> but a life passed in solitude is concerned only with the private service of individual needs. This is openly opposed to the law of love which the apostle fulfilled who sought not what was profitable to himself, but to many that they might be saved. 
furthermore, just uh, before I go here, you know, what I was just thinking, two things come to mind. There are a lot of principles here that apply directly to church membership, I think, um, <laughs> exactly. you know, which is just very interesting. And then the other thing is, in light of the coronavirus and the self-isolation, in all seriousness, you know, we're going to have to think about what church membership looks like for a yeah. while under self-isolation and how these principles apply. So let's come back to that. Uh, but furthermore, he says, a person living in solitary retirement will not readily discern his own defects since he has no one to admonish and correct him with mildness and compassion. The greatest commandment, and the one especially conducive to salvation, is not observed since the hungry are not fed, nor the naked clothed. Who then would choose this ineffectual and unprofitable life in preference to that which is both fruitful and in accordance mm. with the Lord's command? I'll tell you who would. Every scholar on the planet, <laughs> you know, and every yeah. every introvert. Um, but anyways, <laughs> we'll come back to that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. You got anything you want to... No, I just thought it was excellent. Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. he's, he really values the, the idea of love being active in deeds, yeah. not just... Uh, personal piety or personal belief yeah but working his faith out in the community isn't it interesting um, the way it's a great definition yeah yeah it's almost like you read it straight up for a church membership class you know <laughs> uh, what he's yeah. calling the the communal monastic life we're just going yeah it's actually church just just do that just become a yeah. member um but you know no one's going to rebuke you you got no one to love if you're alone. Sorry, you can't do any of no the one to one, serve. No one and other yeah. commands are, are happening for you if you're not actually with another person. So, you know, there's all of that. Oh, man. Your screen's doing the, the funky monkey. Give it the slap of life, bro. Oh. Oh. What was that? <laughs> I, I didn't hear no slap. All right. Um, Besides, he says, if all we uh, e sorry, if all we who are united in the same one hope of our calling, a one body with Christ as our head, we are also members one of another. If we are not joined together by union in the Holy Spirit, in the harmony of one body, but each of us should choose to live in solitude, we would not serve the common good in the ministry according to God's good pleasure, but would be satisfying our own passion for self-gratification. He who lives alone, uh, alone, consequently, and has perhaps one gift, renders it ineffectual by leaving it in disuse, since it lies buried within him. How much danger there is in this all, um, uh, in this, all of you know, who have read the gospel. Um, mm. On the other hand, in the case of several persons living together, each enjoys his own gift and enhances it by giving others a share besides reaping benefit from the gifts of others as if they were his own. Community life offers more blessings than can be fully and easily enumerated. It is more advantageous than the sol solitary life, both for preserving the goods bestowed on us by God and for warding off the external attacks of the enemy. Yeah, good points. Uh, if any should happen to grow heavy with that sleep, which is unto death, and which we have been instructed by David to avert with prayer. Uh, and he's thinking there of Psalm 13, 3, Enlighten my eyes that I never sleep in death. Uh, the awakening induced by those who are already on watch is the more assured. For the sinner, moreover, uh, sorry, for the sinner, moreover, the withdrawal from his sin is far easier if he fears the shame of incurring censure from many acting together. And for the righteous man, there is a great and full satisfaction in the esteem of the group and in the approval of his conduct. Besides these advantages, 
the solitary life is fraught with other perils. The first and greatest is that of self-satisfaction. Since the solitary has no one to appraise his conduct, he will think that he has achieved the perfection of the precept. Secondly, because he never tests his state of soul by exercise, he will not recognize his own deficiencies, nor will he discover the advance he may have made in his manner of acting, since he will have removed all practical occasion for the observ- observation, oh, sorry, observance of the commandments. Uh, wherein will the solitary show his humility if there is no one with whom he may compare and so confirm his own greater humility? <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, wherein will he give evidence of his compassion if he has cut himself off from association with other persons? And how will he exercise himself in long suffering if no one contradicts his wishes? Further, uh, oh, sorry, consider further that the Lord, by reason of his excessive love for man, was not content with merely teaching the word, but so as to transmit to us clearly and exactly the example of humility in the perfection of charity, girded himself and washed the feet of the disciples. Whom therefore will you wash? To whom will you minister? In compassion with whom will you be the lowest? If you live alone. So that's awesome. Interesting. There's no one that you yeah. can compare yourself with. Very good. No one to hey? be. I love the way he's like, there's no one that you can compare yourself with. No one to know if you're the humblest. <laughs> <laughs> you got to know. Yeah, if I you're... mean, there was some there was some deep theology in there. I mean, he spoke about the fact that we are individually members one of another. Oh, dude. That totally. we have a union yeah. with one another by the spirit. And then on the basis of that theological reality, he says, you know, we must necessarily be in one another's midst and connected to one another. For sure. So, I mean, he's starting with biblical theology, as Paul mm-hmm. outlines it, mm-hmm. that we are all, by the Spirit, members of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's a big thing. That's what grounds my own theology of membership. Absolutely, yeah. I'm part of you, you're part of me, Yeah. and there's body care. I think it's uh, an illustration that Tim Keller uses, you know, where... Uh, you know, you wake, you wake up in the middle of the night to go get a glass of water because you're really thirsty and you, <clears throat> your pinky toe hits the side of the table and goes out all spastic on the side. <laughs> the whole body reacts. Yeah. Even the eyebrows are involved, you know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> True that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's just that connectivity that, yeah, it has to be given expression in, in, in the body of Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this would be re- very relevant in our context to the, the disenfranchised Christian. Yeah. You know, the, the post church Christian, the, uh-huh. the emergent church Christian, yep. those who have left the establishment of the church, mm-hmm. who've bought uh, George mm-hmm. Barner's revolutionary idea that we need to get beyond church. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. It denies this these fundamental doctrines. Yeah, it would. It does. Um, just the carelessness of not being in membership uh you know just you get a lot of general it's not even that you bought into a certain alternative vision of christianity but it's just there is a, a lax a laxness you know um uh in that you are content to just sort of drift through christianity kind of on your own solo mission you'll attend this church attend that church whatever it is and you know who knows? Maybe you find somewhere in the land, but it's certainly not a priority. You know, nothing really floats your boat. I do see this. Um, I certainly see this at a, at a kind of general level, but I, I have noticed a lot of academics are in this boat. Um, they will maybe for one reason or another, maybe they're just too too sold on one sort of particular brand, and they can't find exactly their brand in a church, or they're not satisfied with you know what what this particular church can give them, and so they they tend you know they they write a lot of books, they talk a lot of talk, but they're just not churchmen, you know, at the end of the day, and so that's why it's almost a thing when you see a theologian who is a churchman, 
you know, yeah. it's almost, it, it, you know, or a theologian who is an elder or a pastor. I mean, that's the real credibility right there. Um, to my uh, mind, if someone's a churchman, they understand grace. They're not looking for perfection in the sinful bride of Christ yet. Yeah. They recognize that she's a work in progress and on the basis of grace can unite with them, not because they're perfect, but because their sin is loved by God. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, <coughs> you know, you, what I, I like what he says here as well in that you, I mean, we might not put it in exactly the same way with exactly the same intent in Golia, but, but it's very similar in that we, uh, let me see if I can get this uh, out in a lucid way. But basically, this is kind of how it works. He says, listen, you know, you're going to you're not going to be able to exercise this thing that you think you've worked. You know, you're not going to be able to put it into practice and see exactly what you've got. And I, yeah. I feel like that's such a real thing anyway. I mean, and it works a little something like this. I go through this on a weekly basis. I'll be in my own monastic uh, little office here doing my thing, preparing my sermon uh, living, you know, just this, uh, this life of, uh, you know, it's half fantasy, half glory, half, <laughs> half whatever. And, you know, it, it's, 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 an, it's a very real process because you're, you're in the scriptures, you're thinking high and lofty thoughts, you know, yeah. um, your, your heart is, your heart is responding. The tears are running down from your eyes. Exactly. You're, you're out there posturing while you're preaching to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if you're posturing, <laughs> but, but basically you're there, you know, mentally you're there and, and, and you know, yeah. all it takes, and you just realize the first five minutes of real life at church crushes everything. Yeah. And, and all of Forget a sudden... church. It's, it's real life across the yard with your kids. True that? Yeah, same sort of thing. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, not being Presbyterians and also not considering them the yeah. church. I'm just trying to limit it to, to yeah. even those that profess faith, you know. And, um, yeah. Yeah. and you know, you, this sh you should be going from <clears throat> glory to glory. I mean, what could be greater than going from individual personal prayer to, you know, yeah. hanging out with the body? And yet what you find is, uh, I mean, like within minutes, you're offended, you're awkward, you're something, you've said something stupid, you've, someone else has been offended by something else you've done. You know, it's like you're a bull in a china shop and, uh, yeah. you know, and it's just, this is life, you know, and every, you, you sort of, you prick everyone else and they prick you and we all just, you know, um, causing aggravation and we're we're getting this now we get to exercise the real thing which is to exactly. uh bear with one another in love and to actually and, yeah and know, just so. one other thing that i think that stood out for me was you need community for spiritual warfare yes for sure i thought that was that was a good point you know yeah. to help you with <clears> temptation <throat> to help you keep accountable for sin the power of sin is in its secrecy mm -hmm. if you have to be accountable to someone you're bringing it into the light Mm -hmm. there's that there's, there's that healthy fear of man where you don't want to have to expose yourself and humiliate yourself again so you're not going to sin again yep yep so there is a, all he, of that comes into play and, that's and he important. does mention that literally i mean he, he goes there yeah. he's just yeah you got to be scared <laughs> you got to be scared <laughs> of the guys around. um but you know the other thing is just the objectivity of being around someone else like the the objectivity of not being you i suppose you know you can tell yourself something you can even tell yourself jesus loves you you know um but when someone else tells you that it's just there is a design in that and there's an objectivity in that as you hear it come from someone else's uh, words into you rather than, um, yeah, totally. rather than, you know, from you into you. And uh, obviously the, the big, the big idea there is that works with preaching. Um, and you sitting together with God's people, hearing the word preached, but even just as that then is ruminated over in conversation, I mean, yeah. you know, you know what it's like, right? You just, 
for all the difficulties that we go through in having to sort of um, bear with one another or just perhaps even just deal with our own insecurities, uh, talking to other people. Uh, there is There are those moments of deeply or those unexpected, amazing blessings where you're having coffee and someone will just say something and it just sticks yeah. in you. And that's the end of that. It just solves your problem and you just feel so encouraged. And um, yeah, it just sure. happens so often to me. And um, I couldn't imagine that you would be able to uh, move too far without it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, yeah. Maybe just uh, on this note, uh, the free book from Christian Audio this month is <clears throat> Life Together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Oh, one of my favorite books ever. It's so good. I've only, I'm only in the second chapter, but man. Oh. I gave it to a guy. I gave it to a guy who left Gloraval, and he said, "If only they had read just the first chapter of yeah, this book, yeah, totally would have changed everything." Oh man! So it'll be uh, a, that'll be a good recommendation, right in line with with everything that he's stressing here. Okay, great. So that's on what what audiobook? What? ChristianAudio.com. Oh, cool. I'm so you go onto the website, yeah. you subscribe uh, with a for a free membership, and you ask for the newsletter, and you automatically you'll get one free book a month just by with a free membership. You don't have to pay anything. Cool. And cool. The book this month is Dietrich Bonhoeffer. There we yeah. go. Um, yeah, that's a great book. And yeah, again, on community. I mean, I don't know if I've read anything better, to be honest. Um, yeah, that's good. So that's good. Now, I suppose what we're going to talk about just um, uh, in light of today and the, the situation, uh, we are going live stream uh, most likely. We are about 90% there, I think, just in light of what's, what's you know, I think it was at 500 it was capped. What, what did you say earlier? At the moment, the cap is 500. America has just gone no groups bigger than 10. Yeah, yeah, I know that. So it's a problem and, uh, moving in that J direction. Jacinda was talking about a, a capping it at 50. Yeah. And so in, in that case, you know, even, yeah, we, we, we would uh, be over 50. We would, be, But I think it's almost like we're, we're getting a sense for the trajectory. So it's like you might as well just hop on the bandwagon and help yeah. each other out. It might just escalate very quickly. I mean, I'm hoping they cap it at 50 and leave it at that because that would suit me. Yeah. I think we could handle asking our old folk to just self-isolate, stay at home. If they need shopping, we'll do it for them. And then mm -hmm. we just take the rest of the congregation under 50 years old break it up into groups of less than 50, and then we have more than one service in the day. So we'd probably drop our evening service and then just have small groups. Would you, um, uh, would you have um, something for the uh, elderly to, to watch? Or? Uh, most of them, like some of them don't even have cell phones. Okay. So, so you're in quite a rural setting. It's so pretty, you wouldn't like, yeah. no, it's not rural. It's just like old school. Like, mm -hmm. why, should I, why should I get rid of my fax machine when email comes along? You know, Got sort it. of thing. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so there's not much you can do there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, what what uh, what do you think about this? Okay. What we are going to do, we're probably just going to roll with Zoom or some other platform. Yeah. Um, and uh, we'll probably just squash our community groups into um, into something that uh, I, th I like this idea that basically you preach the sermon and uh, you know I'll have the elders with me yeah. on Zoom and everyone's in and muting their mics and whatnot. And I think Zoom goes up to 100, so you're good until that. Does it? I thought it was 10. Okay, cool. No, up to, yeah, 100. I mean, I don't know if we got the paid version, though, so that might okay. that might affect it. But, uh, you know, whether it's YouTube Live or whatever. Um, bottom line is everyone's there doing a thing. And then what we'll do is split into smaller little groups um, afterwards, <laughs> our, our home groups. And everyone's, yeah. and, and then you can do a very reasonable Zoom chat or Skype or whatever it is. And uh, er, everyone's kind of hanging out together. And, and we'll just go through our normal sermon <coughs> questions that we normally discuss on Wednesday. And I think that together with um, 
the sermon will give us a sense of it's, it's just better than a sermon recording let's put it that way um yeah. you know it's just a little bit more connected on the day everyone's together um even if not together together um we're praying together we're doing that sort of thing and then um you know, I did have this thought. I was like, you know, communion, interesting one, right? Because um, obviously we're all about communion. <laughs> now you bring out that old school one of taking it to people's houses. <laughs> yeah. I was just, because how we administer the table normally is... Um, but don't do the single cup like the Catholic woman did this morning when oh, she's in the newspaper with like, a picture of her church. Can we just stop doing the common cup already? Can we just stop doing yeah. it? You know, while we Can we just, stop doing the public shaming of anyone who's actually got the coronavirus? Yeah, can we just stop being Roman Catholic? Can we just stop that as well? You know, no, I'm not, I'm kidding. Um, but, um, I just, I was thinking, um, I haven't, I haven't flown this by the L. This is a, this is a pipe dream. Okay. Off the cuff. And yeah. sorry, this might get shut down and I'm just putting this out there. I just want to get what you think. Um, we normally administer the table, you know, Benny or myself will be there and we'll uh, break the bread. And we'll pour the wine and we'll uh, read the words, word of institution. And uh, then we've already got the, the bread that's cut and the wine in the little shot glasses kind of thing. And uh, that gets taken out. So it's not like anyone's pulling the bread off anyway, you know. So what you could do is you could, uh, you could have the bread and the wine at the, you know, one of the guys is, is doing it. Like I could, be, I could be doing it. Benny could be doing it at his place. And... Um, and then everyone, you know, you could just instead of administering, uh, having the deacons take it along, because it's not really the same loaf of wine anyway, we could just get yeah. them to uh, organize their own materials, so to speak, and then they could partake. What do you think about that? Um, that's, that's, that's pretty edgy, right? It's just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's uh, as, as a short-term measure, yeah, probably. Yeah. I wouldn't want to see it the permanent sort of no, thing. No, for sure. Well, I mean, nothing, nothing would be permanent. Yeah. But, I mean, I think the options we're looking at is, okay, so we just don't do communion yeah. for a while, which isn't a yeah, train you, smash. You yeah, know, I mean, you, like, you I do don't, weekly communion. Yeah. We, yeah, we only do monthly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so to do monthly wouldn't be that. It's really as often as you meet, you know. So for us, it's like we're not meeting, we're not doing communion, that's fine. But I just thought, I, did, I don't have any good theological reason not to go ahead with that, which is kind of interesting. It had me on the back foot. So, anyways, they'll put it out there for anyone listening. Yeah, I guess. I guess the arguments against it would be the same as satellite church. Yeah, I know. Because once you go down that track, it's like, what yeah. on earth? I mean, see, I, I'm willing to accommodate it, not as legit, but yeah. as a as an accommodation because we can't have well, the ideal and, and I think as a that's short term measure. Yeah, and I but think I wouldn't that, want to normalize it in any way. I think that's yeah. what keeps it together for me because. At the end of the day, you know, it's really coming down to what the church together is experiencing and what the elders are. You know, you're administering the table in that you're not. Yeah. We typically allow it to an open table anyway, a freedom of conscience thing. So, so uh, who do you stop coming to the table? Well, that's you know. You only have members. You have a membership sign-in Zoom group. <laughs> well, that's kind of what we are going to do. Um, yeah. So the, the only difficulty is the discipline aspect. Yeah, I think so. so. Now, what we normally do with the discipline aspect is, you know, if if there is someone, yeah, that's true. I think that's the that's the issue. Because if there was is someone that you know we just would 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 be inappropriate, you wouldn't yeah. be able to stop that, and it would it almost give sanction to it, you know, um, without necessarily. Um, yeah, would to. you would you baptize someone like that? No, I just wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> call call me old school call me old school but I just, I just can't do it oh man anyway so i just thought let's put that out there but i think probably what we'll do is um just 
you know, pray to have a really simple little uh, gathering yeah. like that. Now, beyond the Sunday service, because we know that's not the do-all and end-all of the Christian life, uh, we still got to be self-isolating. And yet, you know, how, how, what are ways that we could get around that? What are some... You know, I, I had a thought, you know, there are a lot of singles, a lot of widows. Maybe a family should adopt someone as an extra family member. So it's like they isolate themselves with one other person in the church. Right. They basically just extend their family for that period. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no. So, so like, let's say uh, there's a, a young adult who lives around the corner and they're not married. Okay, got it. So they would be... they have to self-isolate for two weeks. Why don't they just rather come and eat their meals with us for two weeks? Right, totally. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So self-isolate yeah. with our family. So we just extend our family for, yeah. for that period. It's a great idea. So yeah. that there aren't people isolating themselves as individuals. Anyone? Yeah, no, totally. I think that, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, I, I know a lot of people wouldn't mind, but you know, for those who, who feel that that's a little bit much, I mean, yeah, you can uh, certainly extend that and that would help a lot, I think, just to create that community. Yeah. The other thing is just to be using it as time for you know, prayer, prayer instead of fellowship. I mean, you're still united in the spirit in, in a very particular way. And, uh, you know, every now and again, you, use, you can make use of circumstances um, in, in a way that, you know, is advantageous. You know, you can just, uh, you know, here we are, we are unable to meet together for Wednesday night where we normally would. Uh, why don't we spend that time praying for each other? And, you know, whether that's yeah. on Zoom or not, I mean, what a powerful thing. Uh, to, it's, and reading, uh, read books, man. There we go. There's another one. Just use some, get yeah. some Christian disciplines going. And you know, the thing is with, you know, obviously it's never going to replace person to person contact, but I mean, wow, what a blessing it is to have stuff like we're doing right now in a time like this. I mean, I can know. you imagine? It's I absurd. mean, it, yeah, it's just, um, it's a real grace. It's a common grace in and with the common curse, you know? There is yeah. something ameliorative about the difficulty we're experiencing, even in the technology that we're experiencing. So sure. it's a it's a it's a big thought right there, and and lots to be thankful for, and lots to make use of, yeah. and, um, and a lot. Our, our diaconal services can can continue. I mean, if there are any shops open, and there are old yeah. folk who are self isolating because they feel they're more at risk, our deacons, our younger folk, can serve the older folk by being willing to do the shopping, by being willing to do the run around and pick up the stuff that's needed. And drop off parcels at people's houses, <clears throat> for sure. So, and uh, you know, another thing that I think that that could come out of it is, again, you know, it, it's sort of you don't want to fall into some sort of providentialism here. You don't want to be thinking about you know what God is necessarily doing, but you know, you can't help but see that through through it all, things just get more organized. We get more geared for the future. We we, we just start thinking in terms and ways that that, that that will help the church move forward. And, and all of that's already sort of happening. Uh, it's a reality check for a lot of people. I think it's a wake-up call for a lot of people. It might even lead to churches, once we're able to meet, becoming a little bit fuller, you know, yeah. in light of the fact that actually, you know, we realize how flimsy everything is and uh, you know, to, to place all our stock and trade in, in, in this life. And then, of course, we got the recession that's coming up. And so there are a lot of things that I think are going on and a lot of, a lot of things that will, you know, th that we can really be actively pursuing and uh, almost, yeah. I don't want to say getting excited about, but just kind of uh, just thankful to the Lord for and, and, and pursuing in, in ways that aren't stagnant. Yeah, I was and, thinking and, about yeah. intercessory prayer. I mean, think about what our prayers should be at this time. Think of, so we're praying for our politicians. How much sleep are they losing trying to keep ahead of the curve on trying to manage what has to happen next for millions of people? Yeah. Um, think about all the health services, how stressed they're going to be. Mm -hmm. Think about the economic situation with, mm -hmm. like you say, the recession and so on. Think mm -hmm. of all the schools 
Mm-hmm. Think of all the jobs with parents having to stay at home with their kids. Mm-hmm. Think of all the old folk in all the old age homes all around. Think of everyone who's who who gets their living from the tourist industry. Mm-hmm. We've got friends in Rarotonga, and there's just no no tourists. Everyone's cancelled. Yeah, and it's like, what are we going to do for money now? You mm-hmm. know, it's it's a big deal. So it's there's there's going to be certain sectors of uh, of the economy that are going to be extremely hard hit. Yeah. For sure. Um, so Absolutely. lots of things to pray for. Lots of things to pray for, for sure. And, um, and you know, uh, oh, I can't remember what I was going to say now. There was uh, another point that came to mind uh, as you were speaking. But, yeah, no, I think that's, that's, um, that's helpful. And, and definitely, um, you know, talking about two ages and two kingdoms and, you know, just thinking as we normally think around those ideas on this, on this podcast. I mean, it is a really incredible opportunity to make use of that grid in which to understand what to do now, you know, to be a church that's not, that, that's, you know, uh, being helpful to the government. You know, you mentioned Amen. praying, praying for them, but not being that obtrusive stickler church, but yeah. instead seeking the peace <laughs> of the city, you know, what an, what yeah. an amazing opportunity to seek the peace of the city. Um, and to, yeah, one to, of the things I've been encouraging my people is not to be part of the panic. <clears throat> yes. I mean, Everyone in the world is offended that they might be confronted with the possibility that they may die. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> that, that's the reality every day because of the fall, never mind right. the coronavirus, you know, yeah. and yeah. everyone's going around looking to blame someone. We always do that. Mm-hmm. If your wife gives you the cold, you know, you say, you gave it to me. Yeah. You know, we just amplify that when it comes to something big like yeah. this. Yeah. And uh, I mean, at the end of the day, Adam was the one, you know, we're interpreting it through the, the storyline of the Bible and, uh, you know, keeping calm, trusting that everything is in God's hands, mm. uh, trusting in his sovereignty, trusting that he has appointed the day of our death mm-hmm. and just showing love despite all of these things. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. key. Amen. Yeah. Love your neighbor. Um, you know, be a good, good citizen. Um, you know, tr- trust in, uh, trust in those, those means that God has provided for you to, uh, press yeah. on in the Christian life. And, yeah, I mean, all these things are, you know, so simple and so Christianity 101, but they, they are the things that form the powerful testimony at times like this. So anyways, it turns out that all you needed to do was read As a Cappadocian father. There we go. <laughs> you know, to get all of this info. I told you, you have to wait yeah, for man. the comments. It's all in the comments, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Push <it bears>. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, um, we're looking at, uh, oh, where is it now? Oh, the... Uh, Next Cappadocian father. Nazianzus. Uh, Nazianzus. Okay, great. Yeah. So that's good. That's the theological orations. Sweet. All right. So don't miss that one. That's coming next. Do you yeah. want to sing and us the, out? The, or? Hey? Do you yeah, sing? I was going to say the moral of the story from yeah. this particular one is, you know, go to church. Oh, <laughs> go to Zoom church. <laughs> go to, go to <laughs> Zoom go community Scott church. church. Go to YouTube Live Church. Oh, dude, totally. Hey, maybe we just start our own church. We'll start a two-age sojourner's church. And I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just everyone relax. I'm just kidding. Uh, and there will be no online communion either. That was also kind of a joke. So just relax. Um, <laughs> and uh, no online baptism. But you can do on. But online giving is fine. But online preaching is fine. Definitely online ordination. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, sure, you'll have to give for that, but we'll we'll uh, we'll make it happen for you. You just you just send us the check, we'll ordain you. It's all good. Uh, we'll make you a two age sojourner priest. Yeah, online doctorates. <laughs> online doctorates. The, the ancient university of two age sojourning. Um, all right, good. Uh, Nick, you gonna sing us out, or are we gonna 